Welcome back to the Vet SOS Show, brought to you by the Who You Know Network. Uh, remember, don't drown the sea of transition. Grab the Vet SOS Lifeline. Mark, I hope you are buckled in. I hope you are ready. We got some serious knowledge bombs being dropped today. We got Dr. Vincent Soto with us, and he is going to light it up. It's going to be amazing. Uh, as always, I'm here with Mark Elder. Mark, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, Dr. Soto's just got a ton, ton to offer. Um, I know there's going to be some bombs here. <laughs> Pay attention because, uh, man, we got a special guest here for you guys today. Absolutely. Right, I want to send a thank you out to everybody who's been uh, tuning in and for tuning in today. Uh, also, thank you to all those who are pairing their channels with us. If you don't know how to pair your channels, Hit us up at hashtag pairing, and we'll let you know how to do that so that you can put this episode out as original content on your social media channels. So let's get right into it. We have Dr. Vincent M. Soto with us. He serves as a career workforce strategic and master facilitator for the Department of Labor Transition Assistance Program, founder and president of Navigating Solutions, a nonprofit organization engaged in providing opportunities for career-minded professionals in the global workforce area. In 2021, Dr. Soto traveled to over 200 military-based facilities, over 400 employment and vocational workshops to transitioning service members for all six branches. That is huge. That's a huge impact. And then as a resilience-building leadership professional trainer, he's conducted over 70 examination prep workshops and boot camp classes with a 100% certification pass rate, which is even more incredible. Dr. Soto, we're so glad you're here today. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing good. I just got back from uh, actually Philly yesterday, oh. um, uh, doing some workshops there um, with uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of uh, it's called OBTT and it's off base transition training. Oh. Um, it's it's a pilot program that's going on right now for veterans that they truly don't have access to the you know transition workshops. So Department of Labor created this uh, curriculum to help them. And what we do is we travel to vet centers or American job centers, and we host classes for those veterans, military spouses that maybe need understanding resume fundamentals or marketing, uh, marketing themselves for the job search. So we host workshops for those folks that don't necessarily have access to the base resources. Is that oh, through like uh, the DOL or who's who's spearheading that program? Yeah, it's a DOL pilot right now. Matter of fact, uh, one of the pilots is in Dallas. So oh, it's nice. Dallas, San Antonio, L.A., San Diego, Philly, Boston, and then um, Charlotte, Raleigh area. Those are the those are the pilots right now, and they're about to start expanding those as as well. So. Now, did you say O B T T P? O B T T, and it stands. Yeah, and it stands for off base transition training. Yes. Okay. Nice. So, how how were those cities selected? Like, what what made those cities the the choice? You know, I don't know. <laughs> and that's you know, it's it's. I find it interesting that those specific cities. You know, and I think they they did some type of censor of. Uh, veteran populations in, in those areas and came up with, you know, those cities, you know, personally, I, I, I just think there could have been some better cities chosen. Um, San Antonio, great city, great veteran city, Mill City, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, the Dallas area, good city. 
Um, the Philly area and I think the Boston area, not so much. I don't think you find as much veterans in that in those areas. You find veterans, but you find a, an older population of veterans in the 60s and 70s, you know, age groups. So they're not looking to maybe use these services as much as the younger uh, veterans. So I think as we canvas out more, as I start to give feedback to the to the project managers and the program directors to say, hey, why don't you, you know, why don't you look at doing these, you know, um, uh, target these areas, right? Because we were going to vet centers in Philly, right? And I say, hey, do you know Temple is down the street, right? Temple University is down the street. And I guarantee you they have a veterans department, like they, and they have a, a, a veteran population on that campus, yep. right? Yeah. So, you know, kind of going outside the box of the veteran centers and, and things like that. So, um, so for those veterans that are looking into maybe doing some, you know, uh, marketing their skills or marketing for the job search, you can do this online too. So if you're not in those areas, they do the classes virtually as well. That's really cool. And the reason I asked you the question originally was, like, I don't even know if the Navy shipyard's still open, um, but my dad was stationed yeah. at Willow Grove Naval Air Station, which has since closed. Um, mm -hmm. So that was right outside Philly. And then there was a Naval Air Station up in Massachusetts that closed too. So it, yeah. I know there's a veteran community there, but like you yeah. said, they're, they're all older and, and the bases have been closed. Um, yeah. So it's kind of curious. Oh. Yeah. So, so you did mention Philadelphia, uh, mm -hmm. which is where I actually consider, you know, to be close to home since my dad was at Willow Grove for so many years. Um, but also uh, you are a um, resilience building leadership professional trainer. University of Penn is the home of the Army Master Resiliency Training Program. I know they're two different animals, yeah. uh, but there was a tie and it took me a minute to get there. But um, tell us a little bit about the RBLP uh, program and why, why you, you're passionate about it. I'm passionate about it because I believe that every veteran, right, has, has, has the resiliency experience. Yeah. Right. Is experience in 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 resiliency and have gone through so many things to try to build resilient, resilient teams uh, to do whatever mission they've been assigned to. Right. And I, the, the way I teach, I, I, first of all, I love to teach to the military veteran population. And, and as you I don't know if you guys have seen that we've been giving classes for free, the exam prep for free to veterans, military spouses, active duty service members, and first responders, right? And I I just, if if you've ever sat in my class, I'm always like, if it's for free, I'm going to, if it's free out there, I'm going to find it, right? And for a veteran, right? And that's just my concept. And, and what we do is provide a service, right, of educating and training and prepping you for the exam, right? I, I may not be able to do anything about, about the exam, but I can do something about the exam prep and I can provide that service for free. So we do that for you. And what we try to do is we like to take your experiences that you already have in resiliency and bring them to the surface. That is all we're doing 
in our training is bringing those experiences that you already have deep down and for you to think about all those times where you were in those resilient atmosphere where you had to build resiliency to get those te- to get you or your team to 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 hit that mission or whatever and that's what we do during our training i think we do it probably the best because we focus on your personal experiences on your professional experiences and we get you to think about those things right and i think i also understand the way that veterans and active duty military i think i understand the way that we learn right and you know as far as veterans i think we're the the fastest learning group that is out there because when we first came into the military we were forced to learn that way we were forced whatever school you went to they dropped something and then you had a test on it and then they dropped something else and you had a test on it and that's why you're laughing shavi because you you know everybody remembers that remember going to school and some instructor saying okay, we're going to learn this in the morning and we got to test this afternoon. And you're like, oh my God, I, I just hope I get past you know, this test. And I understand that veterans may not, may get bored very quickly in a, in, in a class or their, their uh, attention span is, is not very long. So you have to keep them engaged, keep them engaged so that the learning process continues Right. And then say, okay, cool. These, you know, here are some. What we started doing is we started loading recap, RBLP recap videos on our website. So now that they can go to the website module by module as we continue to upload and then do recaps for each module that we've gone through. So as they're waiting for the test, you know, um, they can go in and say, okay, let me recap module one. Let me recap module two, all the way down to module five as we continue to load them so they don't get bored. Because if they don't test out really quick, veterans go through that process of, do I know the information? I think I forgot the information. I haven't had class for two weeks, right? And, you know, that's that's what we do, <laughs> you know? So I, 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 we started, I started dropping this week. I, I started dropping the module, the recap videos there so that they can look at the recap videos, you know? And it's a, I think it's a certification that's valuable. Although I will say this, although the industry has not started asking for the certification, you know what I'm saying? Um, so um, I, I haven't really, as as I start to look at job openings, I don't really see industries or organizations asking for that RBLP certification. Are they asking for our, a resiliency experience or experience in resilient, you know, atmospheres? Yes. You know, why, so we can provide why that. Why is training. that? Do you, do you I, think, I think it's just awareness? I think, yeah, awareness. And I think it's it's still new. You know, it's not, it's, I don't even think it's 10 years old yet, you know, as far as, you, you know, as far as that. And I think once it, it starts to build some, have some footing, organizations will now start to ask for that specific certification. Okay. Like a, a lot of organizations have some sort of yeah resiliency training, yep. you know, and I know the, the one I'm doing my fellowship through right now, they have a whole re- mm-hmm. resiliency thing. So I've been looking through that. And um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely something I think that's coming. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's coming. 
you know? So I like to think of like navigating solutions as the place where if you don't know something, you know, come to us. If you're, if you're questioning yourself, come to us because we ha I had this concept from a, a friend of mine. His, his name is uh, Brandon Hyman and he's a, um, he works for an organization or he volunteers for an organization that supports missionaries. So right now he's in Africa, Uganda, Africa, and oh, wow. he works for an organization that supports missionaries. And I was like, wow, that's crazy because the, the job of the missionary is to support the people and you're supporting the missionary. So I was like, man, that's, that's, I love that. And that's what I want to do. So I'm a nonprofit that supports nonprofits. I like to push you know, I like to push, so I'm not afraid to say, go here, go here, go here, go here, because I can't help you, you know, I, but I know who can help you, right? And I like to push organizations. Hey, you need to watch Vets SOS. You need to watch this. You need to go here because I want to be the nonprofit's hype man, right? And I want to, after doing, you know, my due diligence to figure out what they do, I say, man, that's an organization I'm going to bring to my classroom. That's an organization mm -hmm. I'm going to start pushing. So if you see some of the stuff we put out, we push other nonprofits because somebody needs the nonprofit to push them, right? It's, yeah. it's going to be by either by, you know, we're in this social media world right now and we're even bigger in the social media since COVID, right? And now everybody's looking at social media. So we're going to continue to push things, push it. And that's, that's, that's what we do. We just want to help out to tell you what, what resources that you have available out there, you know, and, and educate somebody that's going through transition. I love your, your spiel as when you come on, right. Of don't let it overwhelm you in this transition because you have so much help. Right. And the person that gets overwhelmed is the person that's trying to do everything by themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, transition's a lonely road, but it doesn't have to be, right? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be because, because why it's all about, yeah, who you know, yeah, yeah, about yeah, who, you know. About who, who you know, it's, you know, yesterday I had a young man, I do, I do some volunteering for Higher Heroes USA, like one of their counselors, and I was doing a salary negotiation help uh, for this young man, and I, and I tell, you know, in class, and I, I'm like that guy that the curriculum, you know, the curriculum writers and the project management folks of the program hate because I always tell them what should and shouldn't be in there. What, hey, I'm not teaching this. And they were like, Vincent, you have to teach this curriculum. Yeah, maybe curriculum, but it's not correct. You know, it's not reality. And, and, and when I go into my classrooms, I like to teach reality, like what's truly going to happen. What's truly yeah. going to happen is not on this slide deck right here, right? Mm -hmm. I can't PowerPoint you to death for two days oh. long, right? So I have to show you, I have to tell you about reality, what's going to happen. So when they say, hey, don't say the first number, check this out. The organization can make you say the first number. They simply put it in the job application and they say, what's your expected salary? Right. And then when you put a number in there and they say, Hey, we'd like to make you a job offer. And it's the same number that you put in the expected salary. Use, you said the first number. So, you know, that's what some people, and, and, I, and I tell my curriculum, I'm not going to say this. And they say, why they, they need to know that. And I'm going to, I'm going to, and I tell them why. Right. Because 
organizations put it so that you can't even click next to go past until you fill out that box. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what's your expected salary? And yesterday I had a young man who got a job offer and what they offered him exactly what he put in the box. But his mistake was he put, in, he told me my mistake was I put in that box what I was making right now. Oh yeah. So, and he, and they gave him what he was making. I was like, okay, you realize he realized the mistake that he made. And, and I told, you know, we started to talk about what his true worth was, right? Are they, are they in the ballpark of the median salary range? Yeah. But it like, he was more than what he was making right now. Right. That was his salary for the last like three years or four years. And now they gave him exactly what he's making. So we figured out some ways maybe he can come, you know, uh, reply to them based upon that. But I said, hey, you know, somebody might say, well, that's what you put down your expected salary is. So we gave you exactly what you asked for. for. Yeah. And I tell people when you, you know, do your due diligence as far as salary negotiation. And when you do your due diligence, you've got to not only go to the, you know, the salary.coms, the glass doors, the, 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 my next move, but you have to do informational interviews, right? So I've got to ask Sean, I've got to ask you, Hey, how much, you know, if you don't mind me asking, this is something I want to get into. What's the salaries look like in that, in the particular industry or your organization based upon my experience? I know we may have the same experiences and the same qualifications, but I'm a little bit confused because I'm a transition service member and, and that's not the way we're, we're paid. And, and, and the information will come. The information will come. But if I don't ask the question, then nobody's going to tell me. You know, just to go back, the, the dumb question is the question that's not asked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's my that's a bomb drop right there too. Yeah. No, like, so so um, you got, you got, so that, that's one of, man, and, and you know this, I'm sure, but in our network, right. The, in my experience in the last, I don't know, six years or so of helping job seekers, <clears throat> that's the number one question, right? This is the number one thing that you need to know as far as your negotiation with an offer is salary negotiation. Right. How to effectively navigate that. And as a, like you said, as a service member, you're not, you're not put a dollar on your worth. The dollar that the government puts on your worth is not what you're worth. No, not at all. No, not at all. Not at all. You know, yeah, not, not, not at all. And, you know, those are the things. And, and I always tell service members, ask the question. If it's in your head, you ask it, let it, let it come out. Right. Like be afraid and ask it anyway. Be afraid and ask it anyway, because all they can do is not answer you, right? Or or say the word no, right? And um, and then you go to somebody else, but continue to ask those questions so that you can get the answers that you need, not that you want, but that you need, right? Like, yeah, I want somebody to tell me I can make six figures at this job, but I need you to be realistic with me right of what i can you know what i should be asking for based upon my experience of you know what credentials i have and and so many of us don't ask the question we go out blindly and i got it we may not be used to salary negotiations but the way that we get used to it is that we ask the question yeah. we continue to right and you know 
you know, that goes into networking. Networking is scary to introduce myself to a person that I don't know. And, you know, I don't know necessarily why I'm connecting to them, you know, but I connect to them because it expands my network, right? So, you know, if I connect to you, then guess what? Your network and my network is expanded and I'm now part of your network. You're now part of my network and I have more people to maybe look out after. You know, when, when I'm not working, you know what I'm doing? I'm trying to expand my network to help the service member. I am. I'm connecting with people. I'm sending them messages and saying, hey, I teach, I, you know, facilitate the service members. And a lot of them have the same backgrounds of what you're looking for. And you're a recruiter. I can help you and you can help me. I can provide you with some, some great candidates, right? And then you can help service members get some off, off, awesome jobs because I know you're listed as a military friendly organization. And, and then I, I, I kind of throw that in there. So it kind of makes them feel yeah. bad. Yeah, get a little jab. <laughs> you must do all this in the, in the airports because every time I, I see your LinkedIn, you're traveling, you're here, you're there, you're I there. I don't know when you're I not working. I, I do. I do. I'm in the airport and I'm looking. I'll look uh, th like the last week or so I've been concentrating on aviation. So Delta, Air American, uh, Menzies, because I've been hitting a lot of uh, Air, Air Force bases, and a lot of those guys are like refuelers and stuff like that. And Menzies is a huge organization that does airplane refueling in all the different airports. So I actually connected with their recruiter yesterday, and I said, we can help each other, right? Like, you know, as a, as a talent acquisition specialist, I, I'm going to hit, I think it's Ellsworth Air Force Base uh, the week after next, and I'm sure I'm going to have some refuelers in my class looking for that may not be their ultimate goal to be a refueler for the rest of their life, but it can be a stepping stone to where they want to, where they want to get to. And I, yeah. you know, that's the, you know, one of the things that I talk about in my classes, got it. You may want to get here. You know, your ultimate goal is, you know, whatever place, but if you, sometimes we need that specific job or that job that we're really, really skillful at, even though I don't, want to necessarily do it for the rest of my life i'm skilled i know how to do it let me get this job right here that pays good it pays the bills and i can still work on what my ultimate goal is that that's exactly what we were talking about with um was it brian <clears throat> is that um nice wonder is that you know you you got these people that are retiring like sean right and 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 you kind of have a plan Right. And you get a little more support and you have the buffer, right, with a pension um, and medical benefits and things like that. But if, if you're like, you know, um, oh, I think it was actually I think it was uh, Delena. Um, if you're if you're, you know, E5 and below or if you're, you know, 10 years in, but you're deciding after 10 years to get out, like you got to get that job. Yeah. You don't have that runway with that pension. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You have to because it's a cushion for us when we retire, right? A little bit of it, right? I may get, you know, I, I may get disability or whatever like that. I know I'm going to be re retired. I, I have a paycheck still coming in that maybe covers the 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 mortgage and you know some Some car notes. Yeah, yeah, and 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 now I need that second job, right? To to get where I want to get to, right? So you know, as far as um, you know, you know, that's concerned. So I, I tell them that, you know. 
So the the RBLP, the resilience building training, and in is that something that veterans is that active duty only? Are you working with active duty? Because I know you're doing that on, on a lot on bases too, right? Yeah. So I we do veterans, military spouses, and first responders as well as active duty. Okay. So um, that's what we do, and we do it for the next two months. We so so we have grant. We have some grants. Um, that we were able to host. I got a current class that's going on now um, virtually. And then um, November and December's classes will be free as well. So, yeah. So if you follow our pages, either on, um, we just launched a TikTok page too. My social media um, oh, nice. uh, person is awesome. She convinced me to do that. I, I just created the account and here you go. Like, you just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Right. And we've we've grown so much by this young lady's social media because she posts something every day about an organization, about a program, about a resource, about whatever. And, and we've grown. But if you go on our LinkedIn page, Navigating LinkedIn page, um, our Facebook page, our TikTok, you'll see the classes start to come out. And once we finish one class, we launch the other class. And it's and it's and it's fairly because it's it, because you have that experience already, um, a lot of our students go, man, this just took me back to when I was at this duty station or when I was at this, you know, uh, here when I had this going on, whatever like that. And that's what we, we like to like to do because the actual examination, uh, whether it's hour and a half, two and a half hours or three and a half hours, it's a conversation. It's truly a conversation about resiliency. That's that's about, and it's based off your professional and personal experiences about resiliency. You know, of, of things you've been going through. It's not a, it's it's not a really tough um, examination, but it's based on your your experiences. It's it's really I call it a behavioral test because most of the questions is going to be about. It's going to say, "Tell me a time when." You right, know, it's not a, like a right or wrong. Yeah, it's it's yeah, a, yeah. You know, experiential. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to go further into that, Mark, so you know, is uh, the Army has the credentialing. Well, yeah. all services have a credentialing uh, program that you can do it, and that's how I'm going to get into the program yeah. um, nice. that, that covers that. So, yeah, so this so is one of those that I, I definitely have wanted to do uh, for a while. So I'm looking. So yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to get into the program. Come on in brother. Come on in. You know, so, you know, that's, that's, that's what we do because Vince is all about free. You know, I tell my classes and I'll find something for free. I'll do my due diligence and find it for you for free. Figure it out. Now I'll guilt somebody into giving a couple of classes for free because I, I just, I just think we're a different population, right? We, we just are right. And, you know, we're an all-volunteer force, right? All-volunteer. I raised my hand, and I went to do something I knew nothing about. We, when you go in the military, you go in blindly. You go in blindly. I don't care what your friends told you about it, what somebody who's in the military told you about it, because everybody's experience is different. Different. Right? Yeah. So when I raise my hand, you know, and I take the oath of enlistment, Right. And I go in. I have no idea what's about to happen. We wake up in basic training and we say, what did I get myself? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Everybody's thought first day when they wake me up at zero two in the morning. I think they wait till everybody puts their head down. 
right. before they come back in, right? right. And, and you go, what did I just do? And then four months later, you've gone to school, you've done various things, and you're graduating from your services school, learning, knowing just enough to be dangerous, right? right. And as you graduate from the school, you go do your job, you don't know what they're going to where they're going to send you, right? They make you fill out this sheet thinking you have some control over it, right? <laughs> right? right? <laughs> and then they send you somewhere, maybe far away from your home, and you have to grow up quick, fast, have to grow up, right? And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, you find yourself on a deployment. None of these are your choices. The only choice you made was to sign up. That's the only choice we've made. So if you're going to sacrifice and go into something blindly and, and not know where you're going, which during certain times, it's time of war. And some of us, you know, I'm sure, you, you know, you guys early in your career, you were deploying like if it was just walking in and out, you know, being at home was just a reset to work or a workup for another deployment, yeah. you know? So, you know, I just think, you know, and, and somebody can scream at me, but I'm going to continue to do I just think there's certain things I shouldn't pay for. That's just me. Yeah. That's yeah. just me. And, I, and there's certain things that veterans should have access to, you know, and it's free training, free education, you know, those things that, you know, help you, right, bring your value up, right? And, you know, for us, you know, my job is to tell that organization the value of a veteran. This is why yeah. you want to hire this person. And I'm going to tell you why this person has that. You can't find another. There's not another person in your organization that's going to work like him. Right. And, you know, a lot of people in class, especially the retirees, will say, I just want a job with no responsibilities. And I just want to do this. Right. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you right now, for every veteran that's listening, for every retiree, that is not going to happen. And this is why, because you won't allow yourself to do that. You mm -hmm. won't allow yourself to just be the person with no responsibilities. You won't because you're going to see something, your, your work ethic, you're going to see something that is not being done right and you're going to do it correctly, right? And then your organization is going to start to notice your work ethic. Thus, the promotions will come. Thus, all of a sudden, you're the supervisor. You're talking about, I didn't sign up for this, right? <laughs> but you did. You signed up for it when you took that oath of enlistment. And you and they created you like that. They created yep. this work ethic in you that you won't, your, your work standards won't allow you not to do something. I don't care. You may have a, a, a trash contract in your building. If there's trash in the thing, it's the end of the day, you're going to empty it. Because that's your work ethic. If you see something, you're going to pick it up. You're going to do the extra work. I asked somebody in class the other day, hey, if we're at the end of the day, got it, you, you're, 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 um, you're working, right? And I give you an assignment at 12 o'clock. We leave at, you know, hours close at 4 o'clock and you're not done. What are you going to do? And he simply said, I'm going to stay till it's done because that's the way we work. That's the way we work, right? And some civilians, 4 p.m., the doors are swaying because they've left so fast, right? Because <laughs> they left so fast, right? And you you hear a lot of it, it was funny because we were in class. I kid you, we were in Scott Everett, and the lady I asked her a question, and she goes, "Oh, I don't do that. These people do it." And I looked at my class and I said, "You see, 
you won't do that. You will show me where I need to go, right? And stuff. So it's just what we may think we're signing up for or not signing up for. Our inner being, being a veteran, won't allow us to work any less than than what we're used to, what the standard that we've taught, what the military standard is. And that is that will far outgrow, in my opinion, civilian standard. And then you will start to get promotions. Right. So don't be don't be surprised if you go in and you're the you. Hey, I just want to be the janitor. Right. And then all of a sudden you're the supervisor. Right. And then all of a sudden they go, hey, I noticed that you 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 do certain things. Would you like to take this on? And what do we do regardless if our plates are full? Absolutely, I can do that. I can help you out because we don't want to, you know, turn down somebody to help them, right? It's it's just our work ethic. It yeah. won't allow us to do certain things. Even in your household, think of all the things you do in your house that your my, my, my wife hates, like things that I do, right? She knows that my thing is if I take something from somewhere else to put it back where its original location is. And she knows that, right? And the, and it's like, hey, dad's coming home. Um, He's coming home. Like, let's make sure everything is in it. That's just me. But they created this, right? I'll tell you, like, perfect example. I'm teaching my kids right now. I got three young boys. And I'm like, you know, they got stuff all over in the playroom. And I'm like, when you're done playing with one thing, you go put that away before you start playing with something else, yeah. right? That that's but that came from the military. Yes, yeah, it came it came from the military and our work ethic. So you know when when they asked me, hey Vince, um, you know I got an assignment this week and it's my off week. I go, hey, fill it. I'll take it. You know, and my wife's like, hey, I thought we were gonna do this. Well, <laughs> sorry, it's like a deployment. I don't know, like <laughs> you know. So it's we are some we're some folks that will make an organization grow. Uh, we can make an organization grow. Once we learn what we're doing, we, we just take off, you know? Yeah. So, you know, veterans, I believe in the value of a veteran. Well, I know. So I agree. Hey, all veterans should be getting, uh, you know, transitioning active duty. I mean, they should be getting free. These programs, these resources should be free. I mean, either that and, and like you said, you know, like civilian difference from, you know, military veteran to civilian, like it's either that let's, let's all support these veterans and give them what they need. Yeah. Right. Or, or, or everybody's going to serve. It's going to be like right. Switzerland. You're all going right. to, you know, like Korea, everybody's going to do two years, right. One or right. the other you pick, but let's support them or you serve. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. I know we're getting down to time. So if we keep not, recruiting like we're doing right now. We may go to that mandatory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. So yeah. aside from we just identified Trevor's new best friend, because Trevor <laughs> are, uh, from the Who You Know Network, he is all about free 99. So um, I, I think we just found him a new best friend. There you go. Um, you, you shared some amazing things with us today, Dr. Soto, and, and, and so glad you came on here. As, as we come down to time, though, What's one thing you want to leave with the audience? Hmm. One thing I want to leave with the audience is um, it's okay to be afraid in anything that you do, but hey, you have to take the chance. You know, um, you know, networking costs you nothing, right? And somebody may say no to you, but you keep going. You have to have drive 
not motivation. Motivation is temporary. Man, you're, I'm sure you guys, military, sometimes I've had like a sergeant major or a mass chief just crush me and my motivation is gone, right? Yeah. But that, that drive makes you say, that's never going to happen to me again. And, and I push, you know, and I push through it, right? Establishing a perfection. You have to have that drive. In your transition, you have to have the drive. People are going to tell you no to a skill bridge, no to your terminal leave date, no that you can't go to this class. And you keep pushing. Well, if I can't go to this one, I need to go to that one. If this date doesn't work, does this date work? Well, if this skill bridge doesn't work, how about this one, right? And you have to continue to have that drive because people are going to tell you no, right? They're going to tell you no. And don't take, it's almost like in that transition, don't take no for your final answer unless it's the commander, right? <laughs> but but you can't, take, you can't, you got to keep on moving. If you get ghosted by a recruiter, hit somebody else up in the organization, right? Keep going, keep writing those messages to them, right? Keep, you know, keep doing it. Keep, go, go after the, the next one, right? And you got to have that drive. And that person that has that drive will get to their goal. They will. Outstanding. You know, Dr. So thank you so much for coming on today and, and sharing much. such great, great information. And, and what I, what I, the, the one thing that really stuck with me is kind of along the lines of what we're trying to do here and that you said as a nonprofit, you're pushing other nonprofits. Yeah. We're, we're not a nonprofit. We're doing this because we want to give back. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the whole thing is sharing these organizations, these people that are in the veteran support space doing great things for our community. I, I want to personally thank you for what you do. Um, just you're just amazing welcome. work. And definitely look forward to, to working with you in the future. And and hopefully I'll be in your uh, December. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. The more the merrier. You know, and I'll tell you, I was listening to your last one. Um, and we do get like funds and all of our funds, you know, we take care of our administrative stuff that we have to do. And then we push it back out. And what we push it back out to right now, we're doing a keep a keep a veteran warm program. So um, I went to Philly this past week and I talked to the, the vet center and we got approved from uh, the Sable Veterans National Foundation. We got 325 warm kits that wow. we're going to be sending out to disabled veterans and homeless veterans. And um, uh, so that's what we that's what we do. We we take our funds, whatever we get, and we say, how can we help the veteran, you know, and then do a scholarship program you know, do donate it somewhere, um, you know, and push it all out to, to, to the bank account to zero again. And then, you know, we, we, Hey, now we need to raise some more money so that we can give some more out. Right. And that's, that's what we do. Right. That's, what that's we awesome. Do. Well, be sure guys, audience, listener, audience connect with Dr. Soto and yeah, Absolutely. if you want to pay it forward and, and do some donating too, that Absolutely. sounds like they can use it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. We'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to the Vet SOS podcast and want to remind everybody, don't drown in the sea of transition. Grab the Vet SOS lifeline. Talk to you all later.